0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Creativity Sucks, a podcast from Creative Review that looks at trends in the advertising and design industries. I'm Eliza Williams, CR's editor, and I'll be your host for this show. For this episode, we're going to look at new approaches in advertising agencies. Now, I've written about the ad agency for a long time, and it can feel like every year or so there is a triumphant announcement of a new way of making ads which to be honest, when you delve into it, doesn't feel that new after all. However, in recent years, various things have come together to instigate some more substantial changes in the way clients and agencies work together. Perhaps the biggest of these is the shift to brands having their own in-house creative teams, meaning they might come to outside agencies for different needs than they used to. Plus the pandemic has also forced some significant changes to how creative teams work together now, and particularly the role of freelancers. All this has prompted a selection of new models to emerge, which, I think, are offering genuinely different approaches. So, to discuss this change and what it might mean in terms of the work that is produced, I've brought together three creative leaders. Ian Hartfield, who is co-founder of the London-based agency New Commercial Arts. Tiffany Rolfe, who is Chair and Global Chief Creative Officer at RGA and Kwame Taylor-Hayford, who is co-founder of impact and innovation agency Kin, based in New York and LA. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hi, hello. Hey there.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: To kick us off, I thought it would be useful if you could all just give me a brief description of your agency's approach and why it's different to what we might think of as the typical agency model. Kwame, I'm going to come to you first, if that's okay. Can you tell me a bit about Kin's setup? Maybe why you describe yourself as an impact and innovation agency rather than an ad agency, for example.
1: Sure, I'm super happy to. And maybe one modification to that is we are both of those things. And the ambition with Kin was quite simple. My co-founder and I wanted to build a company that took the best of what we'd learned working brand side, working in traditional advertising, and working more in social impact, and build a company that brought those things together. And the ambition was simple, really. We wanted to help brands figure out how to connect with the issues of our time and make a meaningful difference on those topics. And then use our creative prowess to help make the actions that they take famous. So it's very much both sides of the coin. It's the action and um, the conversation to help build awareness, uh, grow sort of that brand's profile relative to some of those uh, challenges. And yeah, so far it's been been really exciting. And I think it's always interesting to talk about how we built Kin because I think we did what we hoped and what we wanted to um, do to make it just realistic for our lives and for the experience that we wanted to have. So my co-founder Sophie is based in LA, I'm based in New York. So by default, the company was established in both of those places, but early days we embraced remote work, flexible work. We were very thoughtful about having a global point of view within the company. And exacerbated by COVID, so many of our team members um, changed their lives. You know, We had a lot of our creatives and um, strategists move from the U.S. to Berlin and Copenhagen and uh, Mexico City and Paris. And we didn't want that to be a barrier to collaboration. So we've engineered our way of working to allow for everyone to set up their life in the way that they need to but still have a meaningful part and role to play in in the company and the projects that we take on and in how we grow so it's been you know a, a four plus year uh, experiment that so far is working out really well
0: yeah really interesting four years to be um to be working in would do you do you think without the pandemic you would have had that uh remote working setup anyway because obviously you and Sophie are in different cities anyway um, but do you think that was sparked by the pandemic?
1: No we, we definitely would have had it anyway just based on how our lives are set up but I will credit COVID to normalizing it and making everyone much more open and much more comfortable with the reality that you don't need to be in a physical office five days a week in order to build a culture or do impactful creative work uh, or to be honest, to 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 grow a company.
0: Yeah. No, it's interesting. Tiff, it's, I feel like we should bring you in here because RGA has obviously been around for a long time. So it's not so much about you having set up a new agency model yourself, but it's more that it feels like there's a lot of change in
2: the way you're working with creatives.
0: Do you want to talk a bit about that?
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I was gonna say you know, we've been around for forty years, so it isn't necessarily a, a new a, a new company. But I think at the core, RGA has always reinvented itself. You know, it started as a uh, you know as a movie credits technology company, um, kind of reinventing how how technology could apply to to filmmaking, and it's you know changed and morphed into different things. Um, famously, there's this nine year cycle. Um, and that's always been really based on uh, changes in technology, changes in what, you know, clients need, changes in how people work. Um, and, and so, you know, me entering in in this phase is, is helping to kind of shape where we're going for the, the next nine years. Although nine years feels really long now. It feels more like it's every months, I would say. But, you know, if you look at the context of technology changes, technology enabling working in different ways due to the pandemic, um, you know, cultural changes that have happened. You you really have to to reinvent and and rethink what what is the model that needs to work for how work needs to get made today, for how people need to work, what clients need, and so a lot of it has been you know designing around those those changes. Um, and so coming in, you know, we're we're a little we're different than I would say some of the other agencies that have been around for a while in that we've always really been more at our core a creative innovation company and applying that to different types of work so we're not just doing you know experience work or advertising work or brand work which a lot of um, agencies are modeled around a certain kind of output it's applying that creative innovation and so you know how do you design teams to to help clients do work that you know is as, as innovative as possible and how do you build teams to get to that as well we we often get the ask from clients that aren't business as usual, where they need some sort of newness or change or, you know, challenge that they're faced with. And a big part, you know, part of it, yes, was was due to the changes of the, the pandemic where no longer did it, you know, make sense to just be based around, you know, one physical office, but even in the kind of work that we did to really leverage our talent and the different skill sets and expertises and and bring that more global perspective we needed to just look at how do we design our agency to to better build for that and a part of that was like allow you know allowing teams which had already been happening pre-pandemic we were we've had zoom since 2016 every project we did was almost across two to three different regions um, pre-pandemic and you put the pandemic into that you know every project you do you're working with people across time zones across locations building teams really globally and uh, and so, creating a model that that was designed to enable that better, where you know there are uh, geo based office PNLs or teams that only were in one city, um, also enabling us to access and provide flexibility to talent wherever they were. We really decided to you know fully embrace a more hybrid way of working, so that we could build the best teams wherever they are and give the best opportunities for projects to teams wherever they are. Um, and, and so that was a big shift going to a more distributed kind of creativity model um, and ensuring we knew what kind what our different skill sets that are really varied for all of our talent are and how do we put those together in the best way possible across a whole network of talent. Um, so that was a big shift, you know, out of that geo based um, leadership model and, and talent model and um, and really understanding um, our talent individually and so we could build um, teams more dynamically
0: yeah totally and I know you've you've also set up something around freelancers maybe we can return to that
2: yeah I wanted to end that because that's a big part
0: of the the model as well I'd love to so I'll let Ian jump in exactly Ian how do you hearing Kwame and Tiff how do you see our NCA in this in this context
3: if we sort of talk about what the model is for, for new commercial arts is it's quite um, a straightforward proposition, but, but one that we genuinely think was missing certainly from this market, and that is to uh, genuinely unite brand advertising and customer experience from the get-go, um, to put it right at the heart of the agency to make sure those two things are completely joined up with everything we do. Um, and I think although it sounds quite simple and certainly quite obvious, um, we all came from, uh, relatively traditional agencies and were at times quite frustrated about the fact that we, uh, obviously knew that all these things needed to be joined up, uh, in the world we're in today. Yet we were having to sort of, uh, force different disciplines together, often different agencies coming together to, um, to Tell the full story. And the, the, the truth is about people at the time we would pretend it worked, it, it didn't work. You were just trying to force different cultures together, uh trying to present a united front, but one would always become before the other. And he was never truly joined up from the beginning. Um and I think also in our in our separate agencies we were in before, you know, we were coming across more clients uh with titles like, you know, chief customer officers, you know, there was less marketing people and 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 this. Chief Customer Officer title was um, coming into play all the time, so the clients themselves now are getting remits to uh, affect every point of the customer journey and every touch point. So they were expecting their rightly their agency partners to be um, to be able to do the same. So so simply when we when we when we set this up, we made sure that between the the sort of four of us, we had all the skills we needed to uh, offer that joined up experience um, from the from the very very beginning. So. That's the that's the model. I mean, it, the, we're touching on COVID times again. That wasn't part of the plan, but um, it was May uh, 2020, so we were launched right into the uh, into the eye of the storm, and um, therefore, you know, the the remote nature of working and, and was was obviously exactly how we started and were born into. So we didn't even sort of sit in the same room for the first six months. So the entire agency was born uh, remotely, and therefore. You know, we've I mean that's in a way that's been our advantage that we we was we, we didn't have any we didn't exist before it. So we didn't spend our time trying to work out how to adapt to it or or work out what to do with premises, et cetera, et cetera. We just started in it with, you know, six, seven, eight people and grew and then and then changed the way we do things as the situation changed. So we've been we've been lucky in that respect. And uh, you know, and now we're sort of in this position where we haven't got any uh, you know, any sort of rules about where people should or shouldn't be. We're embracing the full, uh, definition of flexible working. And we're sort of going on the journey with, with the rest of the planet really about where people choose to be. And I think, you know, there's more, there's certainly more of a return to the office, but that's in a, in a voluntary capacity, which is the best way you can do it rather than to force people. And, um, and yeah, we're just, um, go with the flow.
0: Yeah, interesting. And in terms of the model, the customer experience, that's obviously gone down well with clients, I'm assuming, because I know you've you've won quite a lot of pitches, right? How does that work in practical terms in a, in a different way to where you've been before? Do you have to get them to sign up to that, the clients to sign up to that whole uh, model from the start? So because could someone come to you and say, I just want to have a creative campaign? Or would you turn that away?
3: No, exactly. I mean we've got we've, we've we've got the whole range. We've got we've got um clients that, that come come for the uh you know the brand comms and and some that come at the, the customer experience end. Um and we've got uh clients right in the middle who who want all of it. And I think that which client wouldn't want to have joined up every piece of the communication so that it's one brand talking across every touch point. Everybody does. It's just that not every organization is structured to allow that to happen. Um but everybody knows that's what we offer, and sometimes these things are a bit of a slow burner. Someone might come in for the uh, customer experience end of things, and through the, working with us, and through the through the journey, will start to make their way towards the advertising, and, and vice versa. But we've certainly managed to get um, lucky enough to get some uh, people in the door who who want all of it. And I think you know, as a for, just a total coincidental timing, we uh, we actually we're launching. Um, Nation. I'll well, work for Nationwide this week, which you might have seen, which has been in inter- top. We've probably been our uh, best case study for the model yet, really, because we've done absolutely everything from brand identity to what the cash machine looks like, the physical branches look like, right through to the posters, the press, the TV, um, every, every single aspect of the advertising and the customer experience you could imagine. Um, and we sort of we, the truth of it, we've probably done it within a, of just about six months, I think. And I, I just, I just, I just can't see how uh the sort of a siloed agency no matter what the skill no matter the sort of um, breadth of skills within the agency if it was siloed i just don't see how you could possibly have got to um got to do all that sort certainly in that time so so yeah so nationwide is is a a great example of this is this is this is everything that this this little agency can do um and then and then there are as you say sort of other examples at either end of the of the scale
0: coming back to you we've. With Kin, is that a similar thing for you with clients or do you, in the sense that you you sort of do what they would want from you, or do you kind of ask them to sign up to a kind of your wider ethos from the start?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think for us, alignment around purpose and values and ambition upfront is really key because I think we tend to push a lot to have clients really own their actions in that area. Um, we certainly have clients, and I think Ben and Jerry's is probably a great example who come to us, and you know their credentials from a purpose and impact standpoint are pretty stellar. So we work with them probably more on communicating the incredible work that they're doing uh, than actually you know designing and implementing programs that connect them to the issues of the communities that they want to be connected to, uh, and then um, do the work to amplify that connection through comms. I think for the vast majority of our clients, we're, we're absolutely doing both, you know, and we tend to seek out uh, brands that have that ambition. Uh, excuse me. Uh, we tend to seek out brands that have that ambition. Of course, we want to work with the good students and, and the brands that are in a way already on that page, but sometimes... Uh, it's better for us to work with the brands who maybe haven't found their way 100% in that area and need some help, you know, and that's where we can be very useful, impactful, um, and, and ultimately uh, create, hopefully, a, a really great outcome uh, in terms of um, not just affecting the issue but also um, doing something, you know, creative.
0: Yeah. I'm interested to know how you sort of um, assess, if that's the right word, I don't know if that is the right word, uh, whether a client will be a good fit. Is it back to sort of old fashioned kind of conversations and understandings or is there other ways that you kind of work out whether it's gonna be the right fit?
1: Honestly, it's a lot of conversation and I think that's fed a lot into our approach to new business. So we have shied away massively from pitching because we have seen that um not necessarily return the results that we want and and what we found a lot more successful is having these warm conversations if you will with brands you know explaining what we do doing some discovery on where they're at and through that usually we're able to identify opportunities that we can add value you know and i think a big part of the conversation for us is really understanding the brand's business and how to align this conversation around purpose and impact to profit, because they are not mutually exclusive. In our view, they're actually a force multiplier if you can create that alignment. So, um, so that's what we spend a lot of time doing, you know. And it's 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 a lot of you know relationship building, a lot of trust building uh, through us understanding our brands and our clients' reality you know, and kind of trying to live as much as we can inside their four four walls. And then we're able to mine these opportunities to help them think differently about their approach, their way of working, their business, um, how to be impactful to communities that they want to connect to. Uh, And through that, we're able to, you know, find an opportunity to work together, you know, and and once we've done that, um, we've been able to Prove again the results of the work that we do, and that has led to more work, which in our minds is a really great way to go.
0: Yeah, there's a sort of natural evolution happening, I guess, which uh, is good. Tiff, I'm interested to hear how RGA fits, because obviously, Karmen and are, are, you know the kind of young young agencies here. Um, I'm interested to hear a bit more about your nine year cycle thing. Was that something that you sort of naturally observed as an agency that things were changing in that those sort of uh cycles? And and how as a big agency that has offices all over the world, how do you have this agility maybe that Kwame and Ian's companies have at the moment?
2: Uh, I mean, change is always hard, but that's also the job and the the business we're all in, you know, with our with our clients. I think we owe it to our clients. We owe it to the industry to make sure we're evolving as an industry as much as we are also asking our clients to evolve. And so, you know, it's, it's upon all of us. And I think obviously it gets harder at, at bigger scale. So it's important to, um, to, to, one, to start to adapt to where things are going to. Like it wasn't like we we started to come up with new ways of working that weren't aligned to how we were already starting to work. So there's always kind of natural clues and signs of like where things are going. but it's about embracing that change. Um, I you know, I'm of the mindset that it's not about just going back. I think when things get hard and we see that, Um, happening right now in the industry is it's the safety is to just to go back to what we know, to go back to a certain way of working, to go back to, you know, everyone just being in at the same time on the same day. And I think it's much more challenging to think about what the new ways are forward. But I also think that's what one is exciting about our industry is that we can keep evolving it Um, and what's going to help us get to better outcomes, you know, for people and work. And and what are some of the new ways we can attempt to solve that? So you have to communicate a lot, you know, with, with your teams and people. It's, it's always going to be a little bit hard to change, but, um, I think it's, it's a necessity to continue to, um, adapt and evolve to, to, to be around for the next, you know, 10, 20, another 40 years. Um, and that's on all of us, I think as, as creative leaders, as agency leaders to, to, to do that. Um, but you know, it. Ensuring we're communicating with teams, sharing um, how, where, and how we're going, bringing people into the process, um, getting ideas from our teams. We have some of the most creative people in the world working with us um, across the network, and there's amazing concepts and ideas that people bring up that we try. And there's going to be some things that that don't work that we'll need to adapt and, and switch. But for me, it's all about you know moving forward, always moving forward. Yeah, no,
0: it's really interesting. Your point about um, people going backwards, there's, I mean, it's not just in the advertising world. It's happening in a lot of different sectors, but this idea of the reverting back to the office space, for example, I, I find quite interesting that it's like, oh, that experiment's done now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and yet it isn't, right? So, Because I feel like the three of you are kind of slightly unusual in that you're all saying such positive things about remote working Um
2: you know there's there's definitely challenges to it but this is the this is our brief right this is the new brief that we all have for ourselves is we're seeing that you know young people out of school are working and want to work differently people's relationship with their workplaces are different um the the types of challenges that clients bring our way are much more complex and nuanced and i think we we owe it to ourselves to go wait a minute maybe there's a better way and how do we design for what Where things are going versus just the way they were before, and that is harder. But I think it's on us to take on those 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 new briefs and those new challenges.
3: I think that I think that the sort of the 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 luck that we've had just by our our timing is is quite interesting because so far, at least, we just we've just been able to allow it to happen naturally. You know, not have to put any any as I said before any rules or come up with any time for people just let it sort of see where it settles and what i mean by that is and and to your point either it's like that there there is a there is a, a natural center of gravity back to the office from people voluntarily it's you know and i don't and i don't mean i don't mean back to the, the the old days i just mean you know the the ratio of the week is becoming more there are more, more people in more often now uh not through any as i said any any rules or or, or sort of speeches by by any us lot it's just people wanting to and people are sort of seeing um seeing the good stuff happening there, seeing some of the better work that we've made and people sort of realizing that it's come about when someone spoke to somebody else in person in the you know what i mean it's sort of naturally revealing itself as there's a lot of pros you know, originally all of us were like great out of this let's go home you know and it's new and different exciting and then as time came on time time wore on and, and and the novelty wore off you know that you started to see what you had before and i think that the, the really i agree the exciting opportunity is this horrendous event has given us an opportunity to just to just to just find a better way and for me the old the old you know the, the presenteeism of of the old way of the old the old industry you know is has gone just gone overnight and that's fantastic it's fantastic for the for the younger generation coming up, you know, not have to deal with that kind of um, issue um, and just to find find the way they want to do it. And, and I think, you know, it, it seems to me like the industry is always wants to sort of pendulum swing from one one thing to the other and say, it's this way or it's that way, you know, and I think it will just settle somewhere in the middle and who wouldn't want to have a a more varied lifestyle where you spend a couple of days at home and a couple of days working the coffee shop and a few days in the office or that whole week in the office because you just feel like it. Who wouldn't want to be able to work like that? You know, it's an exciting opportunity for people. But but I but I say I do wonder whether that's a fortunate thing because of our size and our timing that we can be like that. But um, it's interesting.
2: And I had one thing on that just to you know I agree, and it's interesting. Like how do we motivate versus mandate? I think is maybe a, you know what what you're also yes. talking about, Ian. And you know, when we were doing research um, around back to office sort of you know, mindsets and, and how to think about that. People are wanting to work outside of just their home. You know, a lot more people are going to like co working spaces and coffee shops. They're, they want other spaces more than they actually want to come back to their office, which is really interesting because that to me is giving you a, an insight that there's a way to design ways of working in physical environments that are gonna motivate people to wanna come together. They they recognize the value of coming together. There's no there's no question that in real life brings a lot of value, but it's just how do you design the place, the space, the waves of working that kind of enable that in all the right ways and in not not the bad ways?
1: One thing that I've noticed, and I think it's maybe doing a big disservice to talent, is the not having the structure of a physical space that people convene in regularly is it's denying I think a lot of early career talent the opportunity to to really develop you know and to have the kind of environment where they can learn by osmosis or just by being around other people who are very adept at their craft and almost like the the mentorship sort of uh, mindset is is a little bit lost in in zoom world or it's, or not lost rather but it's it's very hard to replicate I'll put it that way so I, I think i'm I'm a massive fan of remote and flexible but I do think there's a bit of responsibility to ensure that we create the right context in that world where you can still have opportunities for people to learn, develop, grow, get you know better at their craft you know and I find, you know, the more I speak to sort of younger talent, you know, I'm very involved with DNA D Shift, for example. The the more it's clear that that's going to be a, a huge need, you know, and and maybe that's one of the arguments for having a bit more structure around how we work or or a you know office quote unquote that people have to convene at in order to 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 share that.
0: Yeah, I think that's true, and I know Kwame, you work with a lot with freelancers too, right? Because because there's that a sort of issue then. For people who work that way, that they feel more isolated from the the general system now, if there's not a central space you're going into?
1: Well, um, I guess it's twofold. So the way we treat um, our team members or collaborators, as we call them, is th- they tend to be people who have made the deliberate choice to, to go freelance. And we also tend to work with uh, more senior, more seasoned talent. So from that perspective, I, I don't think they need as much of that as talent that's just coming sort of into the business, you know, and, and really looking to 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 learn and um, and build their skill set. Uh, the other thing that we've done, I think, very differently than most is we tend to keep people on for pretty long periods of time. So yes, they are you know quote unquote freelance, but they work. In six, nine, you know, sometimes close to twelve-month stretches with us, uh, and then they'll take a few, you know, weeks off or a month off and, and come back. So what's what's great about that is you do get some of that muscle memory, you know, and that familiarity that allows for the shared understanding of ways to work, ways to collaborate um, from a brand and business standpoint. It allows for a continuity, which is something that I think a lot of companies struggle with when they use a lot of um, you know, freelancers is the, you know, changing nature and the constant need to sort of onboard and re-onboard. I think what's been a lot of fun is just having that shorthand with people who've been with, you know, the company for a while and know our history and and know our culture and um feed into that.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Tiff, we mentioned earlier about that you've introduced a new model for freelancers at RGA. Is that a similar thing there
2: or, or can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, I'll talk about it. Um, and really, to me, I think it's more than just a new way of working with freelance. I think it's a, a third way in how we think about you know, talent and a workforce. And a lot of this was in looking at you know, how we needed to work, the kinds of challenges that came our way, The way that talent wanted to work is like, you know, how do we design a more flexible way of working that that can be beneficial and in service of of everyone? Because sometimes I think you design, you know, where, yes, you have uh, you maybe go more freelance to provide more flexibility to the agency, but there's not that real commitment to some of those freelancers that you might have ongoing uh, clients, you know, want more dedicated um, understanding of their business, so there just really wasn't between just full time and freelance. There seemed to me there was like a missing opportunity there. And when we looked at how we'd been working with talent, to 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 Kwame's point, there were a lot of people um, that we consistently worked with that we had longer term relationships with from you know more freelance perspective, if you will. But there wasn't this like mutual value exchange where how do we make them more part of the culture you know with freelance part of what they want is you know flexibility they want to be able to have different kinds of opportunities but there's you know a, a, more of that commitment that many would want connection to a culture that many would want that I was like how do we design for that how do we design you know for for ourselves as an agency where we can with all the you know most complex challenges that clients come to us be able to bring in a lot of different types of talent, Um, even on a more project, could be longer term basis Um, and um, and ensuring that, you know, clients also feel like they're getting a commitment of certain talent to their business. And when we looked at how we were working, we were working with people, many people consistently and had longer term relationships. And um, while maybe smaller agencies had started to offer, um, you know, more, maybe Kwame, I'm not sure, you know, how you handle that. But there really wasn't at that kind of larger agency holding company perspective, that third way. And so um, we've been working on this actually even pre-pandemic. It was one of the the first um, initiatives I was working on when I, when I got to RGA. You know, pandemic happened. It kind of changed a lot of things. But we kind of stuck with it and wanted to design a different talent program. And in this case, you know, we, we call them associates. The A in RGA was, it is, it stands for associates. And it's based on, you know, having this this connection to, um, talent that, that we had from early on, you know, as a more production type company. And in that, um, we commit to those, those, what could be freelancers or full-time, depending on how they, they come to us 20 weeks of committed work, no matter what. Um, they have, you know, all the, the, the soft benefits of being in an agency in terms of like being at our parties, they have access to, also hardware, they have um, wellness and insurance benefits. So like the benefits of full time, but in more of that flexible model. And, and we found that like a lot of the talent that tends to be attracted to RGA is because there's a lot of diversity in types of projects and they often you know are entrepreneurial. They are curious about different kinds of opportunities. And so this also meant we could attract some of the best talent out there that happens to want a more you know, flexible scenario. And um, and we, we, we piloted it recently um, with 10 people, and we got um, 170 people that applied. And you know, and this right now is for our XRGA or or consistent freelancers of RGA. And what was amazing to see is just that clear, overwhelming need and desire for both agencies and talent um, and, and clients to have, you know, the talent they want and need, but, you know, with a little bit more of that flexibility um, baked in. Yeah, no, it sounds great. I mean, there's a, it, it does sound like
0: it's kind of catering, both yours and Kin's approaches actually are catering to the desires for kind of creative people to, you know, to, to be attached to great projects and really involved, but not necessarily have to be locked in, I guess, certainly.
1: Yeah. I I think another thing that we've benefited from is getting new and different talent to come in and be a part of what we're doing. So there are quite a few people that we've worked with over the last four years who've had their first experience in traditional advertising with us. And, And it's because they were working in You know publishing or in the art world and they didn't really know advertising per se and i think it's it's helped us big time from a um diversity standpoint Mm. people with different you know backgrounds experience perspective bringing them in it's led us to some unexpected ideas that have been really impactful for our the projects that we work on and for some of our clients and i think us thinking creatively about how to engage them and bring them into um the work we're doing and, you know, give them the flexibility that they need, but also create a, a context where they can feel safe and, you know, experiment and feel truly, you know, comfortable being themselves. That, that's that been a huge part of, of our, our push, you know, is to just make a, a space for a creative uh, that's a bit different.
0: Yeah, no, I totally see that. Ian, I'm kind of guessing that this may have been the case at New Commercial Arts as well, that because you're bringing these different types of design and advertising approaches together, that you have different kinds of conversations. I mean, would that be right?
3: Yeah. And I mean, when we're talking about, you know, freelance versus permanent, especially, I think it's, you know, having a, having a, Having a blend and something in, in in between the two and a mixture within the agency is is, is kind of the, the way we're doing it. You know, a lot of the the freelance uh setup is is obviously just sort of uh forced on you from the beginning when you haven't got any clients for obvious reasons. But then as you grow, you know, keep keeping that balance in check is important. I think when we've got some when you start that when we've got some sort of bigger uh Juicier bits of business that are, that are here for the hopefully here for the long term, things like you know, same series we've got now and, and nationwide. Then I think we, we the, the right thing to do there is to have people who's you know, who are, who are really bedded into that piece of business and, and live, sleep, and breathe it. I think we, we, we owe the, the client that, and I think those kind of bits of businesses need that. But then there are other things and, and, and other projects and project based working, which we're all doing more of anyway. Where the sort of the freelance approach doesn't just work on a practical level, works on a philosophical level as well. Like like Tip was saying, you've just got people who are, you know, uh, fresher, moving around, working on different things. I think as creative people, we all uh, desire uh, that sort of variety in our in our work and our thinking. And one of the one of the things that certainly attracted me to Advertising in the first place was that you know each brief was different. You had to put your head inside a different consumer and, and think about a different category and things you didn't know about. And I think that's just what creative people kind of need. So by the very nature, people who are freelance, you know, that's just a sort of catch-all term, but, but people who are, are are working on different things, so that they, they might they might be fresher and, and experiencing things differently to everybody else. So so we're you know we're sort of you know sort of half and half. We've got a, a lot of freelance, a lot of permanent. Um, and as you say, with the sort of more of the sort of, um, customer experience end of things with the designers that are coming in at, at that end, they're coming from all sorts of different backgrounds and, and places that certainly I'm not, uh, familiar with from my advertising background, um, so it's a hybrid of all of it, really.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. We did a different podcast about the design ads blurring that's happening. Um, which, uh, is quite, it's more complicated than you expect in some ways,
3: (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just, I'm conscious of time and sort of wanted, because I think we've talked a lot about the advantages for creatives uh, working within these kind of different models. I'm, I'm so, We touched on the kind of advantages for clients, but I'm also just wondering if they're, by virtue of looking at change and thinking about change a lot, are there things that you you sort of feel like down the line, other things that should be shaken up in the The way that clients work with agencies, I feel like there's this understanding that the closer the relationship, the more embedded the relationship, the better the outcome will be of the work, which feels obvious, but it's hard to achieve. But are there other things that you'd like to sort of try and change, Tiff? I mean, things like pitching, pitch people talk about pitching a lot or I don't know, are there things that you'd like to see... Reexamined.
2: if I say them out loud will that will it happen
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course it's, it's a little um, powerful podcast
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you know I brought this up earlier that like we you know we're an industry that is about trying to innovate bring new ideas new thinking and I do think there's some approaches to how we as an industry have have partnered with with clients that um that we all need to reexamine you know uh, especially when you when you think about right now I've, obviously there's a lot of talk around AI and what does that bring um you know and and speed and what what is the value there I mean price this kind of pricing models that we that many have at agencies that are based on you know, Bodies, people, hours, um, rather than outcomes. I think we have to reexamine that. Being you know, when we're creating impact, making creating value with 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 our clients, how are we all benefiting from that and incentivized through something like that versus you know a more traditional service model? So that's that's an area um, pitching with more and more uh, clients doing more project based work. Even even clients you have long term relationships with. Um, you tend to to have more project based work, and and I think it's about relationships over time. Projects partially is because it's very different in terms of asks, and we ne- need to all be able to design for those different asks. But how do we trust each other uh, as agencies, as clients, and those partnerships, so that we can move faster, bring the right um, talent and expertise, and and not have to you know make everything a pitch. I think it would. It would save a lot of of time and energy if we could we could rely a little bit more on on the relationship side of that. So I'm all for less less pitching, and I've seen it work in some of my past days and um, the more consulting side of things. Uh, so both of those areas I think are things we have to just really acknowledge as an industry and start to experiment um, and on new ways to to build relationships and to build um, value and to create impact.
0: Yeah how open do you find clients
2: are as a as a general rule does it just totally vary on the different clients It totally varies there are some that are more open um there's some that really are based in a system of pure procurement and things like that that are that are harder to change so those are a little bit behind in terms of where where things are evolving and so um you, you know you seek out and and hopefully find those clients where you can experiment and there's some risk to be had I think on both sides. And that's for us as agencies as well, that we believe, and we're going to stand behind work to the point that we're both kind of investing in it together, if you will. But then there's also the upside of those um, commitments and investment to create that kind of impact that everyone can benefit from, learn from, and then grow, build from. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay.
0: Um, Ian, how about you? Are there things that since you, you've you been doing um, new commercial arts that you you've been surprised that you think oh this now should change or uh, or
3: what? When it comes to pitches specifically, many have many have tried and and you know uh, you'd like to see. I mean, I, I someone mentioned it just now. If there's a way of demarcating and sort of you know project based work, which we're all doing more and more of, if there's a way of uh, having some control over that, that a project isn't isn't a full blown you know five agency shootout every time. I think that's something that. Would be uh, beneficial for all of us if we could sort out. And then if there's a sort of a line that says, you know, this is a retained bit of business and and it's a it's an ongoing relationship, then that should be a pitch as uh, as they always have been. Then that that would be would be interesting. But uh, but uh, as I say, many have tried. Um, and I, think, I mean, Kwame sounds like he doesn't have to pitch, but the rest of us, I think we're gonna we're gonna keep keep, uh, <laughs> keep going for. It. I mean, fam- fam- famously, my previous agency uh, set up. Uh, BBH never never famously never pitched when they when they started, but that didn't last uh all that long. So um, you know, I think they're 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 a fact of our they're a fact of our industry and you know, and 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 also there's a there's a there's a big chunk of it that a lot of us love doing, even if we say we don't, you know. It's um if something comes along that you you want bad enough, then you're um gonna fight tooth and nail to get it. I think mean, that's like anything in life, really. So um yeah, there are certain there are certain aspects of it that could be improved, but um, I think most of it will be here to
1: stay as it is.
0: Garmey, <laughs> oh, what do you think? Uh, not just pitching, but maybe let's start with pitching.
1: Well, on, on pitching, and it's you know it's not so much that um, we don't have to pitch. I guess we're just choosing not to because I don't know. I I just think it's it's a standard practice. I would argue because we all choose to participate, you know, I, I just think, I feel there's a, a different way to go on it. And so I think that's what we've put more effort into. And, and again, so far so good. Will that change? Probably. But, um, but I, I just think, I guess my hope is that there's more transparency. Um, to your point, Ian, I, I think it's quite challenging for a, um, small agency, you know, any agency really to go into a a five way pitch for a, you know, a small project. You know what I mean? I I think it's one thing if it's a multi-year relationship, but, um, add to that a lack of transparency around, you know, the size of the project, the potential for, you know, new projects following on from that project. And then it becomes, it becomes really really hard to make the business decision to jump in and participate if if that makes any sense um i i think i don't know i think my 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 hope is that there's also a bit more um bravery you know and and commitment and, and bravery from the standpoint of an openness for brands to source creative thinking creative partnership from new and different places. And I, and I say that a lot because I think if you go where you've always gone, you'll get mostly what you've always gotten, you know? So if, if we're going to value and prioritize new ideas, new creative outcomes, then by default, it will be valuable to go to a different place to get that sort of thinking, you know, or a different type of company to get that sort of thinking. And then the, the last bit on commitment is just, <clears throat> It's a tough one, right? Because I think most companies, especially publicly owned companies, are really thinking quarter to quarter. But for a lot of the work we do, and I would argue a lot of the work that we will start to do, especially when I think about, Ian, the work you've mentioned across consumer experience, it takes much longer to do that work. And also the impact of that work is often not measured in quarters, it's measured in years, sometimes decades. yeah. 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 So I, so I think hopefully a lot more brands are, or become more open to writing, you know, staying on for the long haul basically, you know, and, and giving their partners and giving the ideas enough time to show their true value and their true impact. Because if we stay in this world of, you know, three to four months at a time, I just worry that we won't be able to show the true effect that strong creative thinking and and creative transformation can have on a business.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because we, as agencies, as you know, working with clients, we're all talking about the importance of relationships with our customers, you know, building communities with people so you have kind of those long-term relationships with brands. But I think we have to look at that um, to ourselves as well and um, and right now, I think a lot of it is, you know, the, the change that happens is changing agencies versus actually, you know, making change within um, a brand organization, you know, uh, and, and how do we build those relationships more over time in this new world of, of more more shorter term is a real challenge that I think we as an industry have to have to solve for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. I think the long term, I think I think as as customers of of brands, we all recognise the long term relationships we have with certain brands now, and I I feel like I would love to see more of that. Thinking, like in terms of products, is that's made and and that customer experience and that sense of, you know, kind of care over time, but um, it often doesn't chime with the way businesses, it, are. it
2: might nod to us too. And we need to look at ourselves as, as agency partners, as an industry, and make sure that we are being a partner to clients as well. You know, what do they feel that they need to go to another agency potentially for? Um, how do we build more of those connections across the type of work that they're doing that Ian spoke of? You know, things are not in silos anymore. Customers are not in silos and us, you know, helping them make those connections um, and us understanding how to do that as, as agencies is is core. I mean, that's it's kind of our approach to things and how we're trying to do it, but I think we also have to do it as, as a whole industry.
1: Yeah, I, I, I totally second that. You know, from my time working in-house um, at a brand, it's so clear how much creative thinking can drive positive change, if you will, inside a company. You know, it's, you can think creatively about your finance or your operations, of course, about your brand, and, and that can help you unlock a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity. But I think as agencies, we often choose to stay focused only in the area that uh, we have historically played, and I think it's leaving a lot of opportunity on the table, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and all these amazing creative minds that are available as well. Exactly. Very good. All right, I'm going to have to wrap it up at this point. Um, but thank you so much to all my guests, to Ian, Kwame and Tiffany for all your thoughts and insights. I think it's really interesting and and hopefully will inspire others to also think differently. Um, and then thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed today's show, please like and share it. It does really help. Okay, thanks very much, everyone.